We're back! It's everything but the kitchen sink. Sorry we were away for so long. We left you all with bated breath. And now we're here. We're back. Uh, we wanted to do our top 10 movies for 2019 so far, but then we realized we hadn't seen enough movies. Kyle hadn't even seen Midsummer yet, which he was really excited about. So we wanted to do uh, some movies that got lost in the shuffle over the last decade to preface a new series that we're doing called Content Lost. Anyway, let's get at it. Cue the music. It's been a minute. It's been a minute since we've been on the pod. We've had time to rejuice, get, the, get our juices, our creative juices set. We did. We should recap a few things. A few things that we missed in the past few months. What did we miss? We well, missed when we did the Oscars. So yeah, the Oscars turned out great this year. We loved how the Oscars turned out. <laughs> we, we did not love how the Oscars turned out. That was a moment. Um, yeah, the Oscars were a misfire. Yeah. Uh, that actually took a few months to like recover from. Yeah, that it was, was no a, fun. That was no fun. Yeah, um, but um, we don't need to talk about that anymore. We don't need to talk about that anymore. Um, but, we, but you know, and then we did Game of Thrones predictions. You won. Congratulations! I haven't had a chance to formally. I did by a little bit. I did by a little you bit. Know, Even though I said that John and Daenerys spoilers for Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, I mean you're. Even though I said that like, John and Daenerys would be king and queen, and that Tyrion would die. I still beat you. You got a lot of the... You were on a roll going into episode six. Going into episode six, you had, like, yes. nailed everything. I was pretty... I was doing well, though, I feel like. I feel like I did an okay job. Yeah. I think what you did was you killed a lot of minor characters that didn't wind up dying. Yeah. Like, you killed Brienne, you killed Pod, you killed all those people. It was tough. It was tough. I thought... You know, yeah. but it's interesting. This was a Game of Thrones season. I think you killed Bran. This felt like a, uh, it felt like we were all in rehab together. Yeah. For the, for the Game of Thrones this season. Yeah. Like, we were just like, it's just immediately like, hi, I'm Jimmy. Yeah. Hi, Jimmy. I was like, this was my experience with this episode. And then we'd go around the circle. Some people would be like, I've been sober for 10 years. Like, I'm feeling good. And you'd be like, Wow. Good for Good you. Job. You've been so free. And then other people would be like, I literally just went on such a burner through episode four. It was so terrible. You know what I'm not here for, though? I'm not, not here, here for, for, like, I'm not here for this, like, internet petitions to, like, to, like, remake things. I just feel like it's, like, I feel like it's annoying. Like, they did it with Last Jedi. They did it with Game of Thrones. They're doing it with something else right now, too. There's something yeah. else that just happened that they're, like, uh, petitioning to, like, change. Yeah, it's like, like... They ruined it. They ruined my childhood. Yeah, and I'm like, not well, here for it. they ruined your childhood. They made something that, you know, I think was kind of shitty. But, like, you know, whatever. They're not going to remake it. Get over it. Deal with it. Deal yeah, with it. Yeah. And well... It just seems very, like... The internet's just so loud about... Everything. Everything. I mean, what isn't the internet loud? There's I mean, another thing, though, that just happened that was like, well, the Son Sonic the Hedgehog, but it worked. Sonic the Hedgehog, it worked. They were didn't like the design one. of him, right? Yeah, they were like, he looks stupid. So they went in, they're going in, and they're fixed. They're quote unquote fixing. Yeah, him. but let's look. The difference between the Sonic the Hedgehog. I'll bet you it's really gonna make the movie that much better. Yeah, really. That that trailer needed it. Uh, I I think the thing about the Sonic the Hedgehog though is like. The internet, like, those people, those are the people who are going to go see Sonic. Like, if you didn't get it right for those right. people, no one's That's going true. to see Sonic. Maybe some children. But, like, if That's you true. were, like... When, when they're like, oh, half a million people said you needed to change this, they were like, well, right. like, that's that's our ticket sales right there. <laughs> right, but there was something else recently that... I, I don't... What I don't like about it is that it's, it's, like, it's taking, like, connection to the fans one step too far. It's like... Yes. It's awesome how, how reachable all these people are and that you can like slide into Sophie Turner's DMs and be like, hey, I thought Game of Thrones sucked. I run, I signed the petition to change it. But right. it's like, yeah, so now we like we get to hear about these million people, but like I guess it the doesn't big mean ones it's your were, work. Yeah. Yeah, you got the big ones were Star Wars were Last Jedi and Yeah, well Last Jedi, like and, I've just come to terms that I, I I'm a fan of Star Wars who hates Star Wars fans. I've just come to realize that, like, Star Wars fans are the worst. Like, they're racists. Like, oh. there are so many 
Yes, but like I am a Star trolls. Wars fan, and I don't. I know we both are, but but like, come on, like the white, like the people, the, the literally, there's a petition of people that's like there yeah, can't but be this happens with non-white male. Too. This happens with this is why they they like rig the Rotten Tomatoes. It's that that's just like a subculture of people who obviously just suck. It would just suck, yeah. I actually come around on Last Jedi, and I like it kind of a bit. It took you a while. It took me a bit. Welcome, welcome to the Last Jedi Apologetics Club. It's nice to have you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I still hate Act 2 of that movie. I love Act 1 and Act 3. Um, but I digress. But I digress. Yes. And this season, I was like, we were going to do a bunch of podcasts. I was like, let's respond to every episode. But I'm not going to lie to you. I was kind of beaten down over the course of Game of Thrones. I felt like I was constantly having to defend myself for liking episodes or just... And I didn't want to give instant reactions. I didn't want to come on the podcast... And I didn't want to be like, here's my instant thoughts about this. When in reality, most of those things, it takes me like a lot of time to actually think about how I feel about it. And now that we're a couple weeks removed, about like three and a half weeks removed from it, I'm able to kind of be like, these are my feelings on it. But I didn't feel, I didn't like discussing the episodes right away afterwards. I didn't like how the internet decreed like what the episode was seconds after it aired. I didn't like that. And so being part of that on the podcast didn't feel right to me. I don't well, know about you. Nobody wants to talk about Game of Thrones anymore. No, it's Everybody's true. Everybody's done with it. But I actually, I am not, but I do, uh, while I don't want to talk about Game of Thrones, I do, uh, I really uh, uh, second that statement of like how loud the internet is. And the internet and all of the think pieces and uh, constant like, commentaries on things and petitions it like ruined game of thrones for me this season and um and i think we need to like chill out we need to chill out that's what i think yeah we probably do yeah like it's okay to not like something but like do you need to write a think piece about how it's sexist because of blah 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 like i don't think you do or how you get clicks though people get clicks they do get clicks they they get clicks. clicks Or, or, you know, and, I, and it's all about who has, like, the best take of, like, the craziest thing, you know. Yes. It's fun when it's, like, we're theorizing about things, but it's it's not so fun when you're just, like, this is why this is the, the worst thing in the whole world, right. so. Well, I think um, what got what got so, and then we're d- moratorium on Game of Thrones after this, but I think the thing that got so irritating about the show, like, season six on, was that something would happen on the show and there would be all these amazing theories about what it could mean or what it would happen. Yes. And then time after time after time, the theories got debunked and it turned out that it was just like an accident or like something stupid happened. Yes. And it was just something that it never it was never a payoff for. And that I think that got so frustrating. People were just like, ah, and they exploded. I'm trying to remember if there was this much of a frustration about Lost. By the way, I'm eating Oreos right now. Truly eating my feelings. I mean, there have been very vocal people about finales in the past, like The Sopranos and Lost. Well, I remember Lost, Lost truly, like, asked, Lost set us up for a thousand different things and answered maybe 20% of them. But I, but the and, internet wasn't as, the internet wasn't as, right. like, Twitter was, was Twitter a thing? Because, no, it wasn't yet, not until the very end of Lost. But also, I mean, like, I, I agree. I agree that, like, all these things had no payoff. There was a bunch of just no payoff things that was like, oh, we're going to get a payoff on that, or we're going to get a payoff on that. And that's very frustrating no matter how you look at it. I just don't remember the um, the reckoning being as strong with anything else as it was with this season. Um, well, it was, one of, like, the biggest, it was, like, the biggest thing ever. It is. So It is. You know. And alas, we move on. It was always going to be, even if you, even if it, even if, the season wound up being great, and some, I guess you could say maybe it was. Um, I do not. But even if you think that, there was, even if you, the, the, they produced a season that was amazing, there still would have been a lot of outcry about XYZ. Like, Always. There, it was going to be a loud reaction to it, regardless of whether it was. Because it's a loud show. Good or not. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, moving on from that. So we were gonna do something. We were we usually around this time do something like our top ten movies of the year. But we've been really bad. I've seen five. I've movies. seen a lot of movies. Kyle has not. Kyle's behind. Have me you seen? Do you think that you would have seen enough movies to do a top ten? Yeah, wouldn't have been like my top ten that was gonna be. 
Near the end of the year? No, but I do ten. I, have ten. I haven't even seen ten movies, so... Yeah. I've probably seen, like, thirteen. And I would uh, think maybe only one of the movies I would... I wouldn't feel comfortable putting most of the movies that I've seen this year. I've seen a lot of... I've seen three very, very good movies, mm-hmm. and I've seen a lot of fine movies. Well, what were the three movies you liked a lot? Can I guess what they were? Yeah, go for them. You loved Us... Loved us. Us is fantastic. Let's not do, deep we're dive. gonna do we're gonna do Let's a whole podcast on us at some point. Not me and Kyle, but I will. Uh, you did us. You liked us. You loved Endgame. I liked Endgame a lot. Was yep. that one of the three? Yep. And then Booksmart. And Booksmart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which those three. Be, yeah. It'll take a lot to get those three out of my top ten by the end of the year. And I saw two of those. I also just saw Rocket Man, and I really loved Rocket Man. I saw Rocket Man too. I also saw a movie that is definitely going to make my worst movies of the year ballot. I can't um, wait. I can't wait to put it on there. Um, is it a big, big temple? A Dark Phoenix. Bingo. Well, man, is that movie terrible? You know what? That wild. movie is trash. And that movie is like, it. You knew it was going to be trash. Like even seeing the trailer, I was like, oh no. I was like, oh no, this is not good. This is not good. Sam's been, Sam French, who does baseball shit on here, um, was, has been watching the X-Men movies, and he had me over last night, and we were watching the end of Days of Future Past. Which is my favorite one in that, in that iteration of them, not including, like, Logan. Yeah, but even, I started watching the, the very first X-Men last night, like, the, like, the original one. So good. And, like, there's a lot of stupid shit that happens in that movie, but the first 15 minutes of that movie, I was like, this is, like, what happened? Where did we lose the thread of, like... Of, of what these things used to be. X-Men, it's just, it's, X-Men is like a drama. It's like almost like a kitchen sink drama in some ways. Yeah, I mean, once it starts getting into the sort of like we're fighting on the Statue of Liberty and there's like the guy with the toad tongue, you know, that stuff gets a little goofy, but like, I don't know, I'm going to finish it, but the well, first beginning is great. But but then we started watching Apocalypse and that movie is a train wreck. Apocalypse is a mess. I, I this was is like, a I great have to example. go, I can't watch this anymore. Apocalypse is awful. a great example. Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix, Here, here's the thing. Apocalypse is a great example of what I just was saying about how we we are rushed to be like, give your 30 second take on something right after you watch it, right? You're supposed to be like, that was good or that was bad. You know, you turn to the person you're leaving the movie theater with and you're supposed to give your kind of 30 second thoughts on it. Apocalypse was one of those movies that I had been told by critics and friends on my way into the theater, literally, that it was bad. It was so bad. It was bad, bad, bad. And so in the theater, I kept trying to defend it. I was like, well, I liked that moment, and I liked that moment. And even afterwards, like the week after, I was like, I liked Apocalypse. Blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. Give it a month. I was like, no, Jimmy, you hated that movie. The only reason you were defending it was because you are, have such care for those characters. But the thing is, that movie was such a flop. You have such an opportunity. You're coming back from a flop. You can mix things up. All these opportunities. And what do they do? They make the same mistakes that they made with Apocalypse, which is like, all of these things that too much, too there's much no power. rules to the world in Dark Phoenix. There's no rules to the world in Apocalypse, and you're getting away from the number one thing. I mean, not to get into Dark Phoenix too much, but what's so classic about the X Men story, and I think you'll appreciate this, is like mutants are a great example for anybody who's an outcast or unwanted. Think of immigrants or any anything in yes. this current of like and political of anything of like unwanted and family strife of like parents not really wanting their child because they're different or or whatever all those things and you have such an opportunity because there's a million dynamics to play on with that there's a million dynamics of like these humans who hate us do we defend them do we leave them all of those dynamics and and those dynamics never get old because there's always new ways to show those and new and they stories always, they're to always tell. always gonna mirror like I even like the first two X Men, especially because they're directed by Brian Singer, who you know he was how the oppressed become the oppressors. But he, be, but because it was that that those movies feel very much about about gay rights. The first two X Men, sure. The X Men and X Two, even the scene where the kid comes out to the family. But then it's always you're always going to be able to look at like I was watching it. You're talking about the Ice Iceman. 
Yes, in the second one, right? Yeah, which is the, one of the best 20-minute sequences of any superhero movie. And in the, the first up. one, in the first one, I was watching it last night, and it, you're always going to find a new thing to put on to that. You're always yes. going to find, it's like an allegory that you're always going to be able to put, you know, trans rights. Put the immigrants yeah, on exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's always going to mean something else. So, even when I was watching, and I remember seeing Days of Future Past, but those movies are all kind of a wash to me, where I, as I remember specific moments from those first two X-Men movies so vividly um but like even in days of future past it just feels like it turns into this like special effects like extravaganza and it's like ah there's too much going on i want like to bookmark being about i'm really people. glad this i'm really glad this came up we're gonna bookmark x-men days of future past okay uh okay so now, oh okay here's it, what it, we're it, gonna it, do it, it. i'm really glad that we segued in with that here's what we're gonna do we are gonna do our because we haven't seen 10 movies that we would like to talk about. I'll get, um, I'll get there. We will. Uh, we're going to do some movies that didn't get nominated for Oscars in this decade, 2010 to 2019. Well, you said you wanted to do something that was like, things you may have lost, things that may have fallen by the wayside, movies or whatever. Yes. Well, so then my suggestion was let's each choose 10 movies from the last 10 years that we think are the best 10 movies that weren't nominated for a single, single Oscar. Oscar. Which is actually more difficult. A lot of movies will sneak in with like one Oscar nom for something. Yes. Uh, to be fair, it's actually a great thing. Um, we are going to start a new series on the pod we have another ultimate bracket coming out very soon we're almost done with it hey oh oh was it oh, yeah. it was nominated for an award oh i got interrupted uh <laughs> x-men days of future past was one of my picks for uh, a best movie that didn't get nominated for an award but it turns out it was nominated for visual effects see just like what we thought just so we're like gonna that. take that off the list <laughs> never mind then i'll say this about x-men days of future past before i go back into that ultimate bracket stuff um x-men days of future past to me, there's no reason that that movie should work. It shouldn't work. You're telling me that you're going to take all of these characters from the first trilogy that we really loved, and you're going to interweave them, including, I mean, really our three favorite characters, right? Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, uh, Professor Xavier, and um, Magneto, Ian McKellen, Patrick Stewart. And you're going to weave them into this new storyline, which I really love, the X-Men first class team of Fassbender, McAvoy, Lawrence. Everything about that didn't make sense to me on paper. I was like, I don't understand how they're going to be able to do this. And then it also turns to 11, the idea that, like, the humans in the future have completely killed off mutants. Now, if you could go back, do you kill off all the humans knowing what they're going to do? There's an right. interesting dichotomy there. And it works. I, I felt I, I felt like it's really weaved together very well. It's a tough story to tell. Um, and it's my favorite X-Men movie. Um so I, I I wanted to bring that movie up because it was going to be one of my top ten. But I it digress. Was nominated for visual effects. So it comes off the list. Alas, we are going to have another ultimate bracket coming up. We've only done the one so far. They take a while to do, but we are going to do another ultimate bracket that's going to come up this month. And then we're starting this new series called Content Lost, where I'm going to go through with different people, and we're going to do deep dives on different content that we loved that we haven't talked about on the podcast before and that we think you should go see. So think of it as a why you need to see, but instead we're going to call it content lost. So uh, we're going to do that on a couple different things. Um, just basically to talk about stuff that we like, whether it's books, you know, TV shows, documentaries, movies, um, and kind of pitching why you should take some time and go see it if you haven't seen it or read it if you haven't read it. Uh, so be on the lookout for that, and we have a couple ideas of different things that we wanted to do. But I told Kyle about this idea, and we thought a good way to kick off this content lost idea was to do the top ten movies that were lost when it came to the Academy Awards and didn't get nominated for any Academy Awards. Anything. Anything. Not even it's a crime. best sound mixing. That's true. Although I think Kyle's will probably, be, you'll probably agree that Kyle's are a little bit more crime-based. Mine are probably more just movies I love. That You're going to hate... My number one. I, did you rank them 10 to 1? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. Well, then I can do that, too. Okay. I didn't Shall do that. we begin? Uh, do you want to start? Yeah. Can um, Hold on. Let me make one adjustment. You know. Give your spiel. Say what it's about. Yeah. And then we're going to say the Oscar that it should have won. Yes. One is... Oscar that it should have won. Have you gotten your shit together? Almost. I didn't rank them, so now I'm... I'm sorry. I thought that was evident. No. 
was not evident. No, we'll have two very, we'll have two, you know, you by, at the end of this, you'll have 20 movies that are probably going to be a crazy smorgasbord. A smorgasbord? Smorgasbord? Um, yeah, uh, a, ver- a, a big, big time smorgasbord. All right, so I have three really quick that were honorable mentions. I know you hate honorable mentions. Oh, Kyle hate hates honorable be mentions. Quick. Please be okay. quick. I will be. Okay, Deadpool. Shame that it wasn't nominated for something. I, I assumed that would be in your ten. Deadpool and Deadpool two, really, but they both are so unique to a genre. Um, I, I to this day don't understand how it couldn't have gotten a nomination for something. It I, seemed very near to very uh, close on the, a couple to things. getting. Uh, Oh, Best Picture nomination. Best Picture. Also, Ryan Reynolds was nominated for a Globe, but that was a stretch. Uh, the other one, I really loved Game Night from last year. I tried to... I thought that would be on your list, too. So here's the deal about Game Night, and, and I think you'll respect this. I try to let my recency bias go, and if a movie is like 2011, 2012, 2013, I try to give it a little bit more weight because I've been farther away from it and still feel that way. So the farther I am away from a movie, the more I know that that movie... If I still think of that movie as highly, so Game Night was last year. You huh? still stand it. Yeah. You still stand Game Night. I, I love Game Night. Game Night I rewatched recently. And then, last but not least, we are going to be doing a content lost on this one, so I want to bring it up now. The South Korean film Train to Busan. Train to Busan, it's a zombie movie. They're going to be doing an American adaptation of it. What's my this? friend Richard. About this. My friend Richard Henry who I did a show with in, uh, this winter, he introduced it to us as a cast. It is one of the best zombie movies I've ever seen. It's fantastic. It's obviously in Korean. It is an amazing film, and uh, I had an absolute blast watching it. It's so, so good. Such good storytelling, and uh, I think it it almost made my top ten, but I also think it's tough for foreign films because obviously at the Oscars... Only five foreign films are really going to get nominated unless it's a special situation like with Roma. Um, so I, I didn't think it really belonged on the list, but I love that Train movie. to Busan. I'm going to write that down. Yeah, you got to see Train to Busan. It's a, it's a fantastic film. And yeah, we call the big guy in the movie, we call him Proper Vin because he's a bit more proper, but he looks like a Korean Vin Diesel. Oh, Proper Vin. I call him Proper Vin. All right. All right, who you want to start with 10? I'll start with 10. Great, go My for it. number 10 is The, the Witch. The Witch, which we saw together. Which is a scary movie about... Yes. A witch. A scary movie about a witch. A very true. About a witch. Thank you for that PSA. It's really good. I watched it again recently. It's really good. We were both very haunted by it. That was very an eerie spooky. film. Black Phillip. Black Phillip should have gotten an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. Oh, yes. The line in it is... Do you want to live deliciously? Do you remember that? Who says that? Satan. Satan says that. Through the goat. Yeah. Spoilers. 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 That movie. Me, that movie had me feeling a lot of ways about my religion afterwards too. Yeah, it's like, very. It's about um, Puritans. Puritans. Yeah. In another world, if I grew up in a different time period, I would have basically been in a Puritan household in Massachusetts. So. And that would have gone down. And that was, I would have been a naked in the woods it's for really sure. good, though. A lot of people probably saw The Vivitch. Yeah. But, uh, I would have given it production design. Yeah. I mean, like, really good production design. Yeah. It looked, it looked like it was good. in the middle of the woods. Spooky. Very spooky. I like that. All right, My number Vivitch. 10 is Buried, starring Ryan Reynolds. And that movie, if you haven't seen it, if you're claustrophobic at all, you cannot watch that movie, first of all. When did it come out? It came out in 2010. 2010. And uh, it is literally Ryan Reynolds is buried alive in a box. And it's 90 minutes of him with a cell phone. He's being held hostage in a box. And he has to, in, um, I believe, Iraq or Afghanistan, and he has one number to call, and it's the American Embassy. And they are trying to find out where he is buried and save him from this box. And he's being held ransom inside this box. And I mean, I think Ryan Reynolds is one of the most underrated actors right now. I mean, probably not underrated. Not anymore. But this was I think he's not. Yeah, I I think. This was pre his. His his big break. This was searching for a vehicle. True, totally. And he was tried out a box, I guess. Yeah. And I think that if it was going to be one, it should probably be best actor for him. Because, I mean, it's just a camera on his face. I've, I've never felt so claustrophobic watching something. I mean, I felt like I couldn't breathe. 
Here's um, a fun fact about it. Great movie. It won the... Oh, it was nominated for the MTV Movie Award for Most Frightened Performance. Yeah, no. Which is a good... Horse. That's a good sinky thing. Most Frightened. Most Frightened. Who's he was scared shitless. I'm telling you right now. You bury, you bury any of us in a box alive with a telephone... And I'd, I'll be scared shit. And I would assume that the the box would not win best big thing in a movie. No, no. <laughs> Our favorite Sinky. By the way, I've reached out to Marguerite Stimson's reps. They have not returned my call. No. <laughs> uh, maybe next year. She got a nom, though. I'm trying to think if there were any big things so far in movies that I've seen. Best big thing in a movie. The yacht in Booksmart. The yacht in That's Booksmart. That's a big thing in yeah, a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a big thing in there's the movie a lot of I saw two nights ago. There's a big game. thing in, in Jim Jarmusch's zombie movie. Oh, you, oh yeah, that, 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 but I don't want to spoil. Kyle goes. Kyle goes is. to special premieres now because Kyle's really cool. Like I that. do. I Kyle do. goes to all the, the premieres up. and holds it over us. He went to Rocket Man premiere. I think it was the Dead Man Don't Die premiere. Well, last night was the Men in Black premiere, so I saw Chris Hemsworth. And David Fisdale, oh. the coach of the Knicks. I was like, sorry Listen guys, to who's I'm seeing this Jim Jarmusch else. movie. Listen to who's in this movie. It's insane. Bill Murray, Bill Murray Adam Driver, Driver, Chloe Savigny. Yep. Is that how you say that? Nope, I don't know. Steve Buscemi. Love it. Danny Glover, Selena Gomez, Caleb Landry Jones, Carol Kane, Tom Waits. And I'm probably forgetting some. Iggy Pop. Insane. Insane. Yeah, he, but that's like Tilda one of those Swinton. movies... That's like one of those, oh, we're going to talk Tilda later. Tilda makes an appearance on my list. Oh, I bet you I know what it's for. Okay. Okay. <sighs> number nine, Kyle. Number What's nine. Yours? My number nine is, um, you know I love this movie, The Way Way Back. Yes. Which is just like a really cute... It didn't get nominated for anything? Nothing. I took it off my list because I thought Sam Rockwell no. got nominated. The Way Way Back. Uh, it's just like a really sweet... Really sweet. It's a little choppy waters for a little bit at the beginning, but it makes me cry at the end always. And it's got that... Steve Carell and Tony Collette and Sam Rockwell, who should have won Best Sporting Actor. But Sam Rockwell in that movie inspired me to literally write a character in a screenplay that I pray to this day that he plays in my screenplay. He's great in it. He's so good in that movie and so like... He's like the uncle... Or the old... He's just such a good... Yeah, he's so good. He's Until so, he dies of a... Oh, okay. No, he doesn't die. Don't listen to this guy. It's really it's sweet, buffoon. though. It's a really yeah. sweet movie. Uh, number nine for me is Crazy Stupid Love. We talk about this movie a lot on Ultimate Bracket, yeah, so you'll, you'll hear it. more about it, but I think it's probably one of the best rom-coms. I think that uh, one of the best rom-coms of the last 20 years, uh, and uh, I think a lot of people are throwing heat in it. I think Steve Carell, it's one of his best movies. Julianne Throwing Moore. Throwing heat. Throwing heat. Crazy Ryan Gosling love. and Emma Stone. From 2011. This was a very good year for movies. Very good year. That was... Um, Zero Dark Thirty? The Teen Choice... No, no. That was actually the year the artist won. It wasn't a very good year for the Oscars, but it was a good year for movies. The Teen Choice Award for Movie Actress. Who would you give... Uh, what would you give an Oscar in that? Uh, you have to pick one. For Crazy Stupid Love, I'd probably give an Oscar to... Oh, that's a tough one. I would actually give a SAG Award for Best Ensemble, probably. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but, but we're giving but an Oscars. Oscars. I would probably go with a screenplay. I like the screenplay for uh, that movie. I wanted you to pick an actor in it. If, if I you was, had to pick an actor in it, who would you pick? Um, I think that uh, Ryan Gosling is very funny. I would pick him for Supporting Actor for a nomination or a win. I think he's Wait, very funny. Wait, I just zoomed out. Ryan Gosling? Ryan Gosling. Yes. Okay, cool. He has a couple speech. It's just him coaching Steve Carell is so funny. Every scene he's in is good. He I is. watched this movie for the first time to prep for our... Ultimate Bracket. Ultimate Bracket, which still isn't done. It's a lot. Guys, we find a lot in Ultimate Bracket. Spoiler alert, Crazy Super Love did not make the top ten, or whatever. Wow, Kyle! Uh-oh. Why don't you watch Ultimate Bracket to find that out? You could definitely, you could definitely listen to it, but there's also like 63 other movies. So like, yeah. if, you're, if you're, if you came for that, <laughs> if you really thought Crazy Stupid Love would make the top 64 movies in the last 20 years, yeah. no, not gonna happen. <laughs> uh, it's gonna take us to the next decade to finish that podcast. It's like literally 10 hours. Uh, we have What's to eight? finish it. We're so close, though. But we have friends come on. It's a great time. We have to just do it. We have literally one more thing to do. Yeah, we're good. Okay, my number eight is Tangerine. 
Oh, which yes. is from the director of Florida Project, <laughs> which I always call Clementine. <laughs> Clementine. No matter Clementine. how many times I'm like, I'm like, I saw that movie Clementine. Clementine is about trans sex workers, I suppose. <laughs> or is it about Clementines? <laughs> it's about Clementines. Trans sex workers in LA. Yeah, filmed on an iPhone. Filmed on an iPhone, and I would give. That's like that could go one of two ways. You're like. Trans sex workers in LA, people are like, ooh, I'm so interested. Trans on sex Christmas workers, Eve, on Christmas Eve. Now people are interested. It's For kind you. of like, but it's like a farce. It's like shit goes wrong, and then it's kind of sad. It's very funny. It's very crazy. And I would give Best Supporting Actress to, um, her name is Mia Taylor. Mm. She's one of the, she's so good at it. And she won the Indie Spirit, I think, for Best Supporting Actress that year. What surprised me with Tangerine was how funny I found it at times. It's so funny. Yeah. It's very funny. It's a wild time. A wild ride. Good. Watch it at Christmas. <laughs> it's a Christmas movie. Um, Alright, my number eight movie. Ooh, The Conjuring. Number eight, The Conjuring. Conjuring. Pretty self-explanatory. Spawned a whole universe. Look up the numbers if you want of how much money all The Conjuring films and The Conjuring universe have made. And their production. There's a Conjuring universe now. There's a Conjuring universe. All the Annabelle movies, God the non-Conjuring, Conjuring two. There's gonna be conjuring, a Conjuring. Well, now there's a tan- there's a Tangerine universe too. Well, I think that speaks to the level of. Is excellence. it just when you have sequels, you can call it a universe now? When you have like lots of sequels with different names and different characters oh, and spinoffs, okay. then it's a universe. Well, and I'm gonna make a fucking universe. <laughs> Like the Kyle universe. Jeez. I'd see the Kyle universe. The KCU. I, I'd be a spinoff of the Kyle universe. You It'd would. Like, yeah. Like the trilogy you, like, of Kyle all movies. my friends then in the Kyle cinematic yeah. universe? It's like fast. You'll be like Kyle Wilson. It's like Hobbs and Shaw. It'll be like Kyle Wilson presents Jimmy and Sam. Or yes. Jimmy and Heron go to lunch. Is the, Are the are the Medea movies all, uh, an alternate Kyle, MCU? Yeah. The Medea cinematic <laughs> universe? Okay, anyway, The Conjuring. Yes, yeah, I saw The Conjuring, too. I can never watch it again. It was too scary. Yeah, Conjuring is fantastic, though. And, and I think uh, I would probably go with um, Direction. It's really well directed. Yeah, that's a good one. James Wan. James right. Wan does a good job in that. Great. That's the director. one with the clap on, clap off, right? Clap on, clap Where off. Where they're like the claps. Uh-uh. Yes, it is. Yes, 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 yes. In the in the closet. Yes, the yes. The scariest part of the whole movie. It's on top of the closet. Yes. It's terrifying. Nobody wants to see that. On top of the, the wardrobe on is terrifying. Also, like, when they're in the basement doing something and all of a sudden, like, this thing comes out and, like, runs at her, it's terrifying. I don't remember that, but I remember the ghoul on the... The backyard stuff. Yeah, the armoire. The, that one is rough. Also, but Joey King, by the way. Start of a great career for Joey King. She's the girl in that. She's the young girl. Okay. She's now got a Netflix movie called Kissing Booth. She's got... She's working. And she's in... The, she's in... No, Joey King is in the... Uh, the... The... The, uh, the act. The the movie with... The HBO movie with Patricia Arquette. Oh, it's not a movie, the, though. The, it's, what's a, it it's a Hulu... Hulu. Like, series, I think. What's it looks it insane. It's called The Act. It is called The Act, yeah. Which is um, apparently a really well-known story, true story that happened that I don't know. It looks wild. Yeah. Um, anyway, moving on. Uh, moving along. You're going to hate my number seven when we get there. Oh, great. My number seven. Oh, I didn't even realize I did this. My number seven has a number in it, and it has the number that is the number. And what do you think it is? Seven Psychopaths. Yes, Seven yeah. Psychopaths. Seven Psychopaths wasn't nominated for anything? Nothing. Gosh, I ruled out that one. because Seven I thought Psychopaths it was... is a hot... Sloppy mess of a movie. Hot sloppy. But it is... And it makes the number one mistake. It's a Martin McDonough movie where Colin Farrell is American. He's not. I thought he has an American dialect in that. No, he does not. He no, lives he in does. L.A. He lives, he in, lives LA. in L.A. That's no, because Colin right. Farrell is very funny in that movie. Yeah, okay. The cast is great. Colin Farrell, Christopher Walken, and in my second Oscar to Sam Rockwell... He's great now. I'm giving him Best Supporting Actor. That's my favorite Sam Rockwell performance. Best final 15 minutes of a Martin McDonough movie. So I guess good. the I guess the it's about um he's a screenwriter and he's trying to write uh and it's about a lot of things. And there's seven fucking psychopaths. It's really It's really hard good. to talk about without spoiling it. It's a like dark a, it's a dark movie and you know, like every Martin McDonough movie like people die but it's also funny. 
I guess the inciting incident of it is Christopher Walken and Sam Rockwell run a business where they steal people's dogs and then return them to them to get money. And they steal Woody Harrelson's Shih Tzu, mm -hmm. and Woody Harrelson gets so upset that he goes on, like, a killing spree. And he's like, I gotta find these guys and kill them. Yeah. So then, like, Sam Rockwell and Christopher Walken get mixed up with Colin Farrell, who is the screenwriter writing a movie about Seven Psychopaths, and it becomes a whole thing. Yes. And Colin Farrell's a bit of, having a bit of a trouble. Right. Because he drinks too much. He drinks too much. Sam Rockwell is, like... A rock star in that movie. Yeah. He is he, so funny. And it's, so... It's, it's one of those movies where they were truly just like, hey, Sam Rockwell, go have fun. It's insane that he wa that he wasn't nominated there's, for that. Movie. There's like three. I mean, think about Moon, too. Moon I too. just saw Moon this year. Moon is another Sam Rockwell miss. That was from 2012, Seven Psychopaths. Yeah. Uh, also would like to say... Um, it's about Seven Psychopaths. My favorite off. line in it... Wait, sorry. Can go I just do this? They go... They go um, they go, like, we need to go... Something bad happens. And they're, like... Chris Rockin's, like... They're, like, trying to figure out... It's Sam Rockwell, uh, Colin Farrell, and Chris Rockin. And they're, like, what should we do? What should we do? And then, like... <laughs> Colin Farrell says, we should call the cops. And Chris Rockin goes, fuck the cops! And they go, what? He goes, fuck them! <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> That's my favorite part. I like But it. it's, like, a very good Christopher Walken. Very good Christopher they Walken. They go, what are you gonna do now? And he goes, I guess I'm gonna die. That's very good. <laughs> very good. Some good. Some good stuff in that. All right. What's your number seven? That's gonna drive I bet me you up can a cliff. Get, I was a young boy, of uh, 23, 24 years old, and so we were in, we were so out of this, college. So really, oh, last I know what year, this yeah. is. I know what this and, is. And uh, I saw a movie and yes. loved it so much. All I wanted to do was tell all my friends how much I loved it, and come back to the theater and see it with them. Yes. I was a new movie pass member before all those like bandwagon $10 a month people came on back when it was 35 a month and I called yeah. everyone up I called them up I started a group text I called them up I said guys I've seen this movie it's the Kingsman the Secret Service movie and it is so funny and so good and I brought them all back a day later to see it we all went together and we sat in like the third row because they were so sold out and we sat in the third row and saw it and after it finished I turned to everyone and I was like, guys, like, what do we think? Crickets. Just crickets. Yeah. Kyle and Sam and Carl all <laughs> didn't like it. And there I was looking like an asshole. But Kingsman the Secret Service is so funny. It's a great I mean, Kingsman movie. Kingsman is just like everything that I despise in a movie. Yeah. And that's, it, and, it, and, and I mean, he doesn't like Guardians of the Galaxy, so I should have known. But I, yeah. I, sometimes Kyle and I really aligned on our tastes, and this was back when I was naive enough to believe that in that type of a movie he would like it. And, because this is the guy who I brought to Silver Linings Playbook, and he came with me. And Silver Linings Playbook is a very And we cried together during Titanic 3D. Like, I was ready to have another moment with Silver Kyle. Silver Linings Playbook is a very different movie than Kingsman, where Colin sure. Firth yes. slays a church of people to Freebird. Yes, agreed. Fantastic film. Yeah. Anyway, most people like think it's fun. I do movie. love, 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 Taron Ed Edgerton. Edgerton. Ed yep. Edgerton. Who we yeah, who we both seen in Rocketman. Regardless, I love that movie. Uh, not to be confused with the awful sequel. Really, one of the worst movies. So bad. The awful sequel. What would you circle. give? Um, I would Kingsman. give Kingsman. That's a tough one. I'd probably give Kingsman um, probably screenplay. I think it's a really good script. Ooh, and it's based on a comic book, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a pretty good script. I think it's funny. I think it's fun. I pretty light. Either that or like... Um, I think Sound it's mixing. Really well. No, not sound mixing. <laughs> All right, you're up for six. Six is our boy Richie Links. Oh, yes. Everybody, Everybody wants, wants some. some. <laughs> Great movie. Which is perhaps, it was from 2016, a, perhaps a controversial m movie because it is uh, basically about reveling in toxic masculinity, but um, it's so funny. Mm -hmm. You know, his movies were like, uh, it was his follow-up to Boyhood, and it's like, uh, he called it like a spiritual sequel to Days of Confused. And it's basically just you hanging out. Did you ever see the whole thing? Mm-hmm. Loved it. So it's good. so funny. Everybody in it is so good. What's his name? Which one? 
One of the leads is, was just in Choir Boy, and it was also in Hamilton. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I don't know a lot of their names in it. Um, no, but we're going to look it up right now. Besides Wyatt Russell, who's also Kurt Russell's son. Who's Wyatt in Russell's great in it. Uh, the guy who wound up playing um, Glenn Powell, who played... He was in Hidden Figures. He's so good in it. Um, Jay Quinton Johnson. Thank you. Um, no, it's just a really, really fun movie. Really fun movie. Nobody does, like, hangout movies better than Richie Links. And I Although, would say... I'm really, really nervous about Where'd You Go, Bernadette. I know, it's had, like, five different release dates. It keeps getting moved. And the trailer, the newest trailer, is, like, the whole film. It just gives the whole film away. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, he's... he's it's a it's a big book. It was a best selling book. If it's a studio, it's like a it's a bigger movie for him. We'll see. I mean, he's done well with stuff like that in the past. Yeah, we'll see. He hasn't had a bad the first, movie. The in first like, trailer was interesting because the first trailer was like, blah blah blah, all this stuff happening. Kate Blanchett disappears. No one knows why she disappeared or where she went, and that was the end of the trailer, which I thought was interesting. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I want to see that movie. The second trailer is like three minutes long and shows where she went, what she's doing, why yeah. she left. And I'm like, why also, are you giving been, us all this information? It's been, there's trouble. Something's wrong. There's trouble with it. Yeah, it, it just looks I don't know bad. what it is. It gives me dark, dark Phoenix vibes where I was like, this just looks bad all over. Um, but, we'll, but I mean, we'll see. You know, he, he his track record since like the 90s his batting like, record his batting average is high 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 really good so I don't know I actually we'll can't see. think of a bad Richard Linklater movie in the last 15 years The Scanner Darkly's not very good that was his like CG with Robert Downey and oh yeah Keanu. that's not very good I didn't see that one but yeah. uh, my six is end of watch no, I yeah, want you to imagine I want you to imagine a world before David Ayer made a lot of bad movies and actually, two David Ayer movies almost made this list. Before he made Suicide Squad, before he made... Uh, actually, I'm sorry, two two David Ayer movies did make this list. A third one almost made the list. Um, David Ayer's And it was from 2012. 2012, thank you. It It is so good. It is so... It is, Tell you what it's, it's about. A, it's about two cops Played just by. going through... Uh, Michael Pena, Jake Gyllenhaal, going through the streets of L.A., uh, and it's just their uh, day that goes horribly wrong, where they find something in a house. They find basically a drug house with a bunch of bodies, a bunch of money. They seize it, and then they basically become, like, the most wanted people, most wanted two cops for that. Uh, and um, it's a really wonderful movie because it just sets up the world, like, the world of, like, these two guys' relationship. It sets up their their friendship their wife and wife and girlfriend and all these things and then puts them in one of the most like realistic but absolutely insane situations of just like the wrong area of LA uh, on this block and it even does a good job of like setting up the fact that like they're they're good cops but they're they're not it, it, it just sets it up so well and then by the end of this movie it's some of the most visceral action like your, your heart's beating so fast, you're really terrified, and it's the movie that really gave David Ayer a blank check to make a lot of movies, because people looked at that and they were like, okay, he can command an action sequence, he understands relationships, which is huge, and he writes really good buddy dialogue, uh, so he did a good job with it, and it's the also the reason that I like the movie Bright so much, which I think is kind of a spiritual sequel. Which of, is a hot take. Which is a hot take. I like Bright a lot, which is the Netflix movie with Will Smith and Joel Edgerton. Again, Egerton or Edgerton? Edgerton. That one's Edgerton? But they're spelled differently. Okay. Well, regardless, but... But that's Bright, Edgerton. Bright is a very similar idea, except it's in this, like, fantastical world with, like, fairies and orcs. Very similar film. Very hot. Except, uh... Very hot. Well, Bright has a lot of fans. I'm not... I'm, I'm not uh, Bright, Bright will hold up, and the sequel's coming at some point. Brighter. Anyway, Brighter. besides the point, End of Watch is a really good watch, and, uh... If you like action movies, if you like drama, thriller, any of that stuff, End of Watch hits all the right notes. 
And uh, if you like Anna Kendrick and Jake Gyllenhaal, they're both in it too. So. No. And Michael Pena, who probably, again, is uh, one of the best actors who no one talks about enough. He's been around. He has been around. Are we at number five? Yeah. Number five is Swiss Army Man. We love Swiss Army Man. Which we've talked a lot about, but it's about... Uh, it's the Dan- Paul Dano rides a farting corpse to safety and they Fantastic have an adventures movie. movie. Do you want to tell your Swiss Army Man story? Absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. I love Swiss Army Man. It's uh, probably one of the worst movies that I will defend to the hilt. Because there's a lot of stuff in that movie that doesn't work. It, But it's uh, overall, the cumulative effect of it is very strong for me. Glorious is how I would describe that. Um, the movie is a glorious film. In it's, all yeah. its flaws. It's lovely. And it has one of the best soundtracks ever. So good. Yeah, so I was stuck between giving it supporting actor for Daniel Radcliffe or or score, but I gave it score. I would uh, give it score. End of watch. End yes. of watch, by the way, I would go oh, yeah. I would go with direction. Boom. You went with score? Yeah. Even though it's Daniel really Radcliffe is like Daniel Radcliffe. Radcliffe. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe is, like, so endearing in that movie. And it was, like, the movie that I watched and I was like, Daniel Radcliffe is a good actor. Yes. Um, Same here. Same here. And, um... He's so funny. Yeah, he's just really sweet and funny in it. But the score is really awesome. The score is, like, a bunch of... The whole movie is, like, very, like, handmade. And the score is all, like, humming and banging on trash cans and things. It's good. It's kind of like a cardboard box movie. Instead of cardboard yes. box theater, uh, my five is Snowpiercer. Ah, that has an easy, hands down, should have been nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, easy cinematography. You, no, I well yes, that's good, but it's a performance in it. Oh, Tilda. Yes, Tilda's great in it. Tilda is really, really great in it. Very She's campy. Real in it. Very fun. Uh, Snowpiercer just. You want to say his name because I always get it wrong. Um, let's Bong. make sure because I always say the I wrong. I always say I think it it's wrong. Bong Joon Ho. Bong Joon Ho. I always say Bing Joon Ho. Bong Joon Ho. Bong Joon Ho. Yes, he did the, the host. host. He did Okja. Fantastic director shoots one shoots in sequence, shot to shot to shot for his movies. So shoots like wide, close up, close up, master. He 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 knows exactly the order. And he doesn't do extra coverage. He knows exactly his coverage all the way through the movie. That's how he sees the film. So his shoots are really fast. And it's unheard of for that. And Explain what Snowpiercer is about, though. For, for those who don't know, Snowpiercer is a post-apocalyptic cool movie. movie. is a post-apocalyptic world where like, we're in an ice age, essentially. And there's yes. just ice all over the globe. But there's this train that was built right before the apocalypse that never stops moving. And the last remaining people alive on Earth live in this train that just goes around the world on this track. And it's separated by class. And, and the pl- events class. of the movie, you have to get from one end of the train, you have to get from the poor end of the train to the rich end of the train. That so there's amazing so. set pieces in the little cast. Yes. So there's, yeah, obviously the, the, poor, the poor are at the back of the train, the rich are at the top, including the inventor of the train who's at the very front of the train. And the, the, obviously, like Kyle says, they're trying to get from the back of the train to the front of the train. It's Jamie Bell. It's Chris Evans. It's John William Hurt or John Hurt. I forget which one is the older John one. John Hurt. John Hurt. And then um, and uh, Tilda Swinton. Octavia. And Tilda yes. Swinton plays, like, basically, like, the... She's, like, the... The spokesperson. MC of the of train. The yeah, like, she's, she's got these horrible teeth. teeth. She glasses. looks like your grandmother. She looks like anybody's grandmother. It's, it's classic Swinton being like, I'll take that role, please. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so Pierce Rose has a crazy line. I know what people taste like. I know babies taste the best. <laughs> Which is an insane line. Wow. Um, anyway, what would you give it? You would give it... It's it's really well shot. I'd give it cinematography. Okay. Um, but Tilda Swinton for supporting actress is a great one as well. Yes. Go for it. Number four. Just gonna say the name. I have another Tilda Swinton one coming up, so I... That, I think I know what the one that's coming up is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the one I was going to say, number four, I'm sorry, I, we should censor it because I've said it about a thousand times on this podcast, it's Paddington 2, it's from last year, I would give Hugh Grant Best Supporting Actor, and we don't need to talk about it anymore. Only four? 
Yeah, I was like, I don't want to exhaust Jimmy with... I, I almost put it near the bottom just to get rid of it, but then I was like, no, no, no. No, no. You need to stay true to yourself. Well, we, I did, I did. I good, put it up near you the guys top. put it there, good. We know it. My four is Edge of Tomorrow, also known as Live, Die, Repeat, depending on where the you find it. The video release is Live, Die, Repeat. Yeah, they changed the name of this because it didn't make a ton of money. But Edge of Tomorrow, best Tom Cruise performance of the last ten years. So, so good. And... I'm telling you, Emily Blunt is my girl. She is so badass in this movie. The action sequences are great. Edge of Tomorrow is this basically in the world, in the future, let's say like 30 years in the future, we get invaded by aliens and we are losing the fight against aliens. And all of a sudden this guy ends up in the army fighting the aliens. And as he's fighting the aliens, he dies, but he gets some of this alien blood on him right before he dies. And it ends up that he is now... As he's dying, he wakes up this, the morning of the day that he dies again. And then he goes through the day again, he dies again, and he goes back to the morning of the day again. It's Groundhog Day. Yeah, it's Groundhog Day, but an action movie. And it's... Uh, so he figures that he can figure out how to beat these aliens. He meets this woman who's also had the gift. Basically, the aliens have the ability to see into the future because they're able to live the day a million times to know what is going to happen. Um, and uh, he steals that... What he, They basically transfer that ability to him accidentally... He now has the ability, and it's all about um, it's all about that. So it's it's a fantastic movie. It's one of Tom Cruise's best performances. I'd probably give it. Uh, the visual effects are really really cool in that movie. So I'd crazy that effects. it wasn't. Let's let's do a deep dive on this for a second, because I haven't seen Edge of Tomorrow. It's I need to see Edge of Tomorrow. But let's look at what was nominated for the Oscars for visual effects in 2015, because this was from 2014. Yeah, I just want to see. You tell me if if there should be a if something should get bumped out. The That's winner it. was Interstellar. Great. Yep. Get a lot of a lot of practical special effects too. Captain America: The Winter Soldier. You're gonna okay. like all of these. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Mm -hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. X Men: Days of Future Past. The X Men: Days of Future Past no, no, effects no, no, no. aren't very good. Captain America should be off that list. For visual effects? Yeah, Captain America is not that great. That that Captain America movie is so overrated. That's the one that everybody loves. I know, it's so overrated. But the effects in Days of Future Past, I just watched it. It's not good. Uh, They're not good. Pretty disagree. Cheesy. I love that movie. Too many, too much. You're finding... I like that movie too. I saw that movie in the movie theater and walked away and was like, I liked that. I don't remember anything from it and I just saw a little bit of it last night. But there's a lot of just like nonsense in it. Nonsense. Tell them, Kyle. Well, okay. then Edge of Tomorrow would Number take... Number four, we did, I did Paddington 2. What, I did Edge of Tomorrow. You visual effects. Yes. Number three is um, Take Shelter. Ooh. Um, surprise. Have you ever seen that movie? Mm-mm. Oh, my God. It's uh, Jeff Nichols, who did, like, uh, Midnight Special and Loving. Mm -hmm. Take Shelter is great. Take Shelter is about Michael Shannon. Is a, It was Jessica Chastain's big coming out party year. It was, she did this, she did Tree of Life, she did that. Can I help? And something else. Wild. Those three. But she's, like, great in all of them. She got nominated for... You know what she's in? Dark Phoenix. <laughs> oh, is she? Yeah. Oh it's also God. really sad, because it's one of the first times that a female protagonist in a superhero movie and a female antagonist were the two main characters. But oh, Jessica Chastain's the bad guy. The bad lady? So bad in it, though. There's no... That sucks. She, no, it's so bad. It's so well, bad. she was great in all three of those movies that year, and she did get nominated for The Help, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she's good in The Help. She should have been nominated for this. should have won for this. Um, Tell him. But Take Shelter is about... Michael Shannon starts getting all these like apocalyp apocalyptic visions, and he starts um, making a... It's kind of like Noah's Ark. He starts making like a bunker. That he wants to, he's like, we need to go into the bunker, we need to go into the bunker. And I won't spoil any more than that. It's really good. It's really tense. It was shot for really cheap. And it is a great movie. It was not nominated for a single Oscar. The Oscars need to take shelter. Is you're coming for them. This was 2011. That's my oldest movie on here. Wow. And it, you would dominate Chastain. I would give Chastain the Oscar. Best no. Supporting Actress. It brings me to a movie that I've talked to you a lot about. Number three? Yeah. Okay. A movie that I left the theater, similar to Kingsman, except instead of going and Wait, calling Wait, I want to guess it. I left the theater, like, just looking around and being like, wow, movies are the greatest thing ever. Do I like this movie? No. 
I you hate think this movie. movie is fine. Oh, and you have fine. a nickname for this movie. That is three syllables. Three words. Is it Quiet four, Place? Four words, sorry. Four. This movie got nominated. No. It's not A Quiet Place. No. Because my... We know what my Quiet Place is. Okay, okay. I think this movie's fine. No, I because I wouldn't say The Quiet Place is fine. I think the movie's fine. When did it come out? Like 2014, 2015, right around there. Okay. I have a nickname for it. Yeah. Oh, you God. You came home and you were like, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, it's more than that. And you were like, it's blah, 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 blah. Is it an... Oh, oh, you love this movie. Fury, Bros yes. in a Tank. <laughs> it's Bros in a Tank. <laughs> you got that really close. You did yeah, good yeah, on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really good. That was very good. Yeah. You uh, was it the was it the inflection of it's blah 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 blah. I remember that time. I remember. I remember. I saw that movie and went home. And and you had you had seen that movie before me. I was like, I didn't. I really like when the that middle movie, of that movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so good. When that movie wasn't nominated for anything, like I was like, I read the page like ten times. I was like, how is this not nominated for stuff? Yeah. Well, it I, know, I know for who Globes. you it's, it, it, you, We don't even need to say what it's about because it's about bros in a tank. It's about bros in a tank, but it's 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 just, I mean, again, it actually a isn't about bros film, in a tank. It's about four guys who are assigned to a tank at the very end of World War II in Germany. And Logan Lerman. Logan Lerman. Shia LaBeouf. You would give the John Oscar. Bernthal. Yeah, I yes. would give an Oscar to Shia LaBeouf. I think his, for supporting actor, I think that performance is incredible. And Brad Pitt. And... At the end of the movie, they are faced with a very specific ethical dilemma, and I won't spoil anything, but they have to make a decision. And then on top of that, like, it's kind of just how certain people, like, once they go into combat, like, aren't suited for society again. Yeah, you kind of get a very intimate, there's a couple intimate scenes where you get to see that, like, once we turn someone into a killer, we can't unmake them a killer. And, uh... Yeah, there's like John Bernthal. I think it's one of the best John Bernthal performances. Yeah, there's this whole interlude in the middle where they're like in In a a, in a French or German city, and they're like having to deal with the fact that like they're just kind of chilling. Yes, and it's it's that part's really there's like a record player, and they're at dinner with this this I want to say it's France. It's like a French family. It is in France. Yeah. Um, Yes. Can uh, can confirm. Can confirm it's in France. Yeah, very but a very very good Fury. It's called Fury. It's David Ayer as well. And I think it's his best movie. It's and you his would follow give, up to End of Watch. You would give Shia LaBeouf has a has a scene in the tank, of course, where he talks about he's a man of faith, and he talks about Isaiah, and uh, it is uh, a pretty beautiful scene. There you go. And he's amazing. I almost had a Shia movie on here. I almost had American Honey on here. Yeah, good movie. Um, Take Shelter. I did. We're on number two. Yeah, I almost did Board v McEnroe. I do love that movie. My number two. Is a movie you play guess you guess for me number two number two is a movie from last year okay and I would give it best actress Hereditary yes yeah that was quick very quick of course yeah I, how how was Hereditary not nominated we talked it's about so Hereditary. good yeah it was not nominated for any like it's that's shocking. one of those movies in like ten years people are gonna be like oh. what yeah I had wow. to choose between Hereditary and The Conjuring I wanted one horror okay and that was a tough one I did two horrors. So good. Hereditary is great. We talked a lot about it, I'm yeah. sure. But and we um, sinkied all over that. Over we sinkied all over the hereditary. But uh, I'm gonna go ahead. My number two. I want to guess now. Now I'm enjoying the guessing game. Okay, cool. But cool, do cool. I know this movie? Yes. Okay. Number two. This is a movie that you hate for sure. Uh, you may have never seen it. Okay. But you bought it for me. Oh, okay. Furious Seven. No. Uh, one of the Fast and the Furious movies. Yes. Yeah. Which one? I don't know five. Yes, okay. that's exactly right. Well, Fast done. Five. Fast Five. I haven't seen. I haven't so, seen ever seen any of the movies. Again, Fast Five is really the. First of all, it, none of these other Fast and the Furious movies happen without Fast Five. Fast Five not only spawns, basically kicks off uh, this international giant of a franchise, but also really kickstarts the Rock's like second part of his career of just being able to make. Whatever movie he wants, and like people will pay to see it. The latter it's, years, and not that those are good movies or that that's a good thing, but it shows how incredible this movie is. It is so fun to watch. It turns. It's when the the it's when the series goes from a movie about cars and fast racing to a movie about heists and about crazy stunts, and 
it's it's so infectiously fun. I've probably seen that movie 50 times, and it still is so fun to watch. Everybody's just absolutely at their best in it. Um, it's directed by, uh, I want to say it's directed by James Wan. Um, it might not be, but... No, Justin Lin. Um, Justin Lin did... <clears throat> Justin Lin also directed. Let's look. Let's look at his stuff. Because I recognize that name. Yeah, he's done a bunch. He's done two. He's done two of the Fast and Furious movies. Uh, he did. Let's see what Justin Lin has directed. He did Fast Five. I like look. I like seeing the context. Of yeah. It. He did Star Trek. He was oh he was a producer on Star Trek Beyond. Uh, let's see. That was a snooze. That was a movie that I went to go see in the movie theater and left. Four times to go get popcorn and refills of soda because <laughs> I was so bored. He directed Star Trek Beyond. He directed Furious 6, Fast 5, the fourth Fast and Furious movie, Annapolis, Tokyo Drift. He's done a bunch of the Fast and Several movies. episodes of Community. He's writing Space Jam 2. Oh, thank God. Okay, something's going on in the world because I was walking around yesterday and I saw four different people wearing Toon Squad jerseys. Hey, Space Jam is being made right I'm now. I'm a little nervous about. It. I'm a little nervous about what's happening. Why? Why everybody's wearing these things? Yeah, it but might be a sign. See Fast Five. Tunes, there's no Tune Squad font sign. Everything's good. All right, but Fast Five is incredible, and it's it's the like if if aliens need to know about Fast and Furious, and we're like we have to include something from Fast and Furious, we include in our time capsule. In our time capsule to space. <laughs> so the I love the idea. That truly might happen, though, with the, with the uh, current current state of things, where they're like, you know what we need to send to the aliens in the time capsule? We need to send them Fast and the Furious. It actually would be a good representation, because it's such an international... Uh, <laughs> like, people know it. People see it, and they're like, oh, that's Fast and Furious. Okay. It's Fast Five. My number, number one... one. Is a movie that I guess. yeah, I it, guess. it is. You, I feel like you have you haven't seen it, but you're furious about it. Furious about it. It's from two years ago. Absolutely furious. Furious about like, it. Like it pisses you off that it exists. Yeah, you were like so angry about it. Oh it's like s- a very slow movie. Oh gosh, with two people in it. Two people. It's very slow. Slow. It sounds like maybe it might be scary, but it's not scary. It comes at night? No. I, just, I never saw it. I was going to say I saw it in Comes It's at not night. a scary movie, but it has a scary title. And no, what is it? It's, um... Casey Affleck was in it? Um... You were never really here? No. Um, oh, Casey Affleck was in it. He was covered the entire movie. Oh, <laughs> yeah! What's that freaking movie called? Ghost Story! No! 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 Ghost With, Story is no. the best movie from the last ten years that it wasn't nominated no. for an Oscar. Ghost Story with uh, with Rooney Mara. No! Oh. No! Love she Ghost sits Story. and eats a pie for yes, a long incredible. time. incredible. Oh. Every freaking scene in that movie is perfect. This is when you take your commercial break, everyone. Just leave. Ooh, Ghost Story so good. It's just about Casey Affleck dies in the first ten minutes. It's about minutes. grief. It's about grief, and it's about him trying to find. Um, he 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 goes on and he experiences all the th- like all of eternity that has happened in this area where his house was. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, you know what else was that people said was amazing? What the dinosaurs in Tree of Life. Yes, it's great. It's a great thing. You know what wasn't? Uh, it's very much the like the Tree of Life, but the Tree of Life was nominated for Best Picture, so yeah, we don't have to talk about Yeah, we that. don't get to talk about that. There was a couple Terrence Mann misses in the last ten years that didn't. Terrence Malick. Malick, sorry. Um, some might say. Some might say. The one with uh, Knight of Cups people didn't love. I like Knight of Cups a lot. You do like Knight I of Cups. I don't like his last one. Yeah. Uh, okay, so then my last one, do you know You know it. You, you said you had a guess. We need to talk about Kevin? Yeah, we need to yeah. talk about Kevin. So... We need to talk about Kevin. Another great example, and this is something as I get older. That wasn't I, nominated for anything. Anything. But as I get older, I understand the wisdom that film critics have when it comes to time. And the fact that, like, in order to anoint something as a great film, it ha- you have to give it time. Because it, it just ferments. It, it, it sits with you differently. The movies that kind of, like, 
nag at you that you can't stop thinking about. Like because, a ghost story. Like a ghost story for because like, Kyle, like that mo that movie that movie and that moment of like experiencing eternity and Casey Affleck's character going through that clearly had an intense uh, reaction from him, and it's still something that's in his head. It's still something that he contemplates. I thinks about. I'm shook that we need to talk about Kevin Wilson not ready for anything. I yeah, thought it was up for like a screenplay Kevin. or something. But now we need to talk about Kevin was also like three years before its time because it's a it's a movie about violence and mass kind of like a mass shooting and uh, I'm not gonna spoil anything for you but it's also a lot about motherhood and uh, isolation and also like how people who go through mass mass tragedies pick up the pieces and then have to live their life. And people, and there's just a lot of things in it. And I think about that movie and I talk about that movie all the time. And I think that's what speaks to important films. Whether it's important because you love it or whatever, but I think it speaks to how important it is. And, and Tilda directed Swinton. directed by Lynn Ramsey. Yeah. And, and Tilda Swinton is truly, uh, does some very special stuff. John Wait. C. Riley's in that movie and Ezra Miller. It's one of his first films. What were you going to give Fast Five, the Oscar? I didn't say what Oscar I was going to give. A ghost story. Either. I'd probably give Fast Five. Um, that's a tough one. I I think it's. Um, I think it's really well directed. I would okay. give it to Justin Lin. Yeah, I mean, I think it's. I think that speaks to like. I also think you could probably give like supporting actor to The Rock. He's so good. There, there you go. I like that hot take. That's a fun hot take. He's so fun in it. I would give Ghost Story best sheet. No, I would give Good it one. best score. Good. And what would you give when you talk about Kevin? Tilda. 100% Tilda. Also screenplay. Very, very good screenplay. But Tilda Swinton is... I thought... For some reason, I thought Tilda got nominated for that. It, she did get nominated for a Globe. It was a shocker. She kind of got knocked out. But she has... There is a scene. There's just so many things in it that are hot button things now. There's some sexual stuff that happens. There's and some... she's intense. Lynn Ramsey makes intense movies. I mean, it's an intense movie, but like, it asks big, big questions about like where does like there. And there's some moments in that movie where you're like, man, if I was in her shoes, or and uh, she, yeah, it's tough. All right, that's all. That's all the time. That's all she wrote. There's twenty movies. There's go twenty. Watch go them. watch them. Lots of good thoughts. You get a lot uh, of whiplash from watching those. I feel <laughs> like <laughs> a lot of good stuff there. We did a lot of different it's a variety. Uh, yeah, there's some salt bay different. Well, we'll have to do a top ten of the year very soon. I need to get yeah. on my shit. We'll we'll figure it out. All right, see you later.